The following is offered by Discerning Hearts, a 501 nonprofit Catholic apostolate dedicated to spiritual formation through the use of digital media. To download this selection, or to browse hundreds of other programs, or to contribute to our mission with a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, visit our website at discerninghearts.com. Ignatius Press and the Augustan Institute present The Formed Book Club. Catholic book lovers unpacking good books chapter by chapter. If you like us, please help us by subscribing and by reviewing us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might listen. And don't forget to sign up for weekly updates and study questions at formedbookclub.ignatius.com. Welcome again to the Formed Book Club. We continue to discuss our new book's extraordinary book here, The Drama of Atheist Humanism. Uh, we've done enough now that we can maybe situate where we are as we go forward. Uh, you know, the first part, called Atheist Humanism, focused on uh, Feuerbach, Marx, and Nietzsche, with a side note on Kierkegaard. Uh, but now part two is Auguste Comte and Christianity. And uh, we, we covered... The first chapter here, the meaning of culture and atheism. We're on the second chapter, Christianity and Catholicism. Uh, there's four sections. We took anti-social Christianity, where he he claims that Christianity uh, is anti-social because it's basically the, the soul and God and eternity. Uh, part two is or section two is Jesus and Saint Paul, where he says Saint Paul corrected Jesus and set things straight. Now we're on two interesting parts here, the work of the Catholic priesthood and a holy alliance. So we begin again on page 192, section 3 of chapter 2, chapter 1 of part 2. The work of the Catholic priesthood. Joseph, take it away. Well, uh, again, right, right at the beginning, the first paragraph of this section, uh, towards the top of page 193, it's his his weird understanding of history. He seems to believe that Catholicism, strictly speaking, did not come into being until the 11th century, and which by the 13th had already passed into the phase of decadence. So basically, the, the Catholicism it, it didn't even come into being until a thousand years after Christ, and only lasted for a couple of hundred years before it basically decayed. So, uh, if you're if you're going to begin your understanding of the church. With such a warped understanding of history, it's no surprise that all sorts of odd conclusions are going to be the consequence. And the reason why he dates it that way uh, has something to do with what Father said in his introduction. He thought Christianity in its essence was something that just had to do with the individual and God. And so if what he wants to worship is the collective, well, that reaches its apex, if you will, in terms of social organization in Christendom, right? So he's what he thinks is the essence of Christianity are these exterior forms holding together a cohesive society. And, yeah. and that just comes and goes, right? It came and it went in his view. But if you're looking at worshiping the collective, it makes sense that that's why you would look at it that way. Right. He's, mistake, he's mistaking the tree for the fruit, isn't he? I mean, you know, that... Uh, you know, th th this good thing was a consequence of a thousand years of uh, of inheritance. 
it, it took that long for it to actually mature um, uh, into the fullness of what you might call the high middle ages. Um, but it's obviously a fruit of the thing, which is Catholicism. The, the thing didn't come into being as some sort of spontaneous combustion, um, evidently. Yes, I mean, the, the first quote in that paragraph at the beginning on page 192, where Comte says, since the year 1825, our writings have shown an increasing respect for Catholicism, as he understands it, the immediate and necessary precursor to, of the religion that has, above all, to consolidate and develop the structure that first took shape in the 12th century. And again, you have this theory of Catholic, Catholic history that it was just a kind of an amorphous movement of Jesus, you know, love and be kind and compassionate. And then after it became a state religion or approved by the state under Constantine in the fourth century, it became hardened in, in its structure. Ah, but then we have what secular theolo- uh, historians call the Dark Ages. And after the fall of the Roman Empire, there was a lot of confusion. Uh, but the church was still present in her God-given form during the, that period. But he sees, as you said, Vivian, uh, at the end of the Dark Ages, so called the early Middle Ages, 12th, 15th century, here's where there's a consolidation, and you see the social character of the church in Christendom. By the way, uh, you know, Delubach writes this during the 40s. His first major work was in the 30s called Catholicism, the social aspects of dogma, in which he made very clear that from the beginning, uh, the Catholic faith has had an intrinsic social connection, uh, which makes sense as a church, after all. We're not, we're not an aggregate of individuals who have no relation to each other, except for the fact that we happen to hold the same attitude towards Jesus. Sorry, I'm I'm uh, wandering on there. And I, 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 as, uh, as as Chesterton said uh, in I think the Everlasting Man, or it could have been Orthodoxy, uh, that, that 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 the Church was was the only thing that that, that was the bridge that 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 connected civilization of Rome with the civilization of High Middle Ages. It was, yeah, the Church was the connector between the two, the bridge. So it's not as if it just arises out of as if by magic. And that's what he, he's an everlasting memory, calls Christ the Pontifex Maximus, the greatest builder of bridges. Because Pontifex, Pontiff, if you have in English, means ponds, bridge, facere, to make, to build. So it's basically a bridge builder. But he reduces the papacy to being the uh, centralized authority uh, of the church. And uh, and so he actually wants to replace the Pope with himself. With himself what a surprise. <laughs> but he's actually going to require such total obedience and control, unlike anything the church ever did or ever desired to do. Um, but but yes, he, he talks about um, on the top of 196. It was by this means, meaning the papacy that the bonds of society were strengthened. He sees that you can't have the strong bonds of society that he aspires to, you know, a humankind in love with itself without a total authority at the top. Yes, and as we're progressing into the heart of Auguste Comte 
And Kurbach has all these citations that really back up what he's saying about him. I just wonder, he's a brilliant madman. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Nietzsche was a brilliant madman, you know? Uh, and as we said before, hardly anyone knows that name now. Whereas Nietzsche, Marx, even Feuerbach, to some extent, those are somewhat household words among the intelligentsia. Uh, and we have to ask ourselves the question, we could finish him off. <laughs> uh, was he really influential or is it just that he had, the thoughts he had ended up being part of the signs of the times? And because he, I mean, he, his life and his writings and his philosophy kind of foreshadow the whole great reset, globalization, uh, yeah, and, and some of it sounds very Orwellian uh, in the sense of it also seems to prefigure the totalitarianism of the 20th century, you know, where, where, where the, the, the system, so, so the, the politics and sociology are united in a tyranny. And that seems to be what he's calling for. Um, obviously, he wanted to be the Fuhrer, and that 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 didn't happen. Um, but basically, other people became Fuhrers in his wake, so to speak. Well, the reason why... He, the reason why his thought is a big part of the air that we breathe is uh, because he wanted to turn all knowledge of everything into a concrete science, including the knowledge of man himself, the knowledge of the universe, everything he wanted to reduce down to a science. We wouldn't have the expression political science if it had not been for Comte. So the whole, in fact, social science, you know, every university has a social science department, as if these things are sciences in the same way that physics and chemistry. Yeah, and, say, and, and, yeah and you hit the nail on the head there, because as we see later on, in the, the, he actually, he criticizes empirical science. So in other words, he criticizes the hard sciences, because the hard sciences should, should subject themselves to sociology to society, to an understanding of anthropology. So, you know, so he's actually becomes, he, he begins by being someone who uses in, the empirical sciences as a, as a method of beating God. Uh, and then when, when he when he seeks, seeks to establish his own sociological religion, he then attacks the sciences because they are th a threat, because they are going to question some of his presumptions and he's not, he's not into being questioned. We'll return to the Forum Book Club with Father Joseph Fessio, Vivian Dudreau, and Joseph Pierce in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, 
I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to the Formed Book Club with Father Joseph Fezio, Vivian Dudreau, and Joseph Pierce. It's not so much attacking the sciences for their inability to get the truth, but rather, yes, what I think is a legitimate criticism, uh, that is to say, the hard sciences progress by specializing more and more uh, and losing often the larger picture. And so he, he uses a need for some, something synthetic because science takes things apart and makes small and smaller areas where people, I mean, I, mean, I live with a Jesuit in Germany. Uh, they call him Blitz Loftus because he was so slow. I mean, in his thinking and walking and everything. But he did his doctorate on the heat-sensitive organs in cockroach antennae, but a specific species or, or variety of cockroach. And in Germany, you have to do a second doctoral thesis called habilitation to be a professor. So he did his uh, second thesis on the moisture-sensitive organs in cockroach antennae. Well, I mean, there's no question about it. This was the world expert on the antennae of these cockroaches. But <laughs> where does that fit in the big picture thing? And so, uh, you know, Kant was saying, look, we, we have to unify this some way. And therefore, he sees sociology, and he's the father of sociology in that sense. That's right. As the master science. Uh, yeah. But what, what, but I agree with everything you said, Father. But what, but what he does is uh, he replaces the hard sciences with the soft sciences that are basically bad uh, liberal arts. Um, so the sort of whole thing becomes somewhat blurred. Uh, he, he sort of uh, he, he uses the empirical sciences as the as the as the foundation for his philosophy, and then when his philosophy outgrows. Uh, the, the, the physical sciences, he then wants to subject the physical sciences to his sociology, to his soft sciences. And then we have this sort of twilight zone between the traditional liberal arts and these uh, and these new liberal arts that 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 that, that, that call themselves quasi sciences or call themselves sciences. But they well, are we'll, get, we'll get to the point where he wants to synthesize not just the sciences among themselves, but also poetry and philosophy as he sees those. I right. want I want to read a quote on page one ninety seven. Uh, it's from him. It's that quote there. <clears throat> uh, this is called, In borrowing from polytheism, the hypothesis of incarnation. So that's what the Catholic Church did according to him. We borrowed that. <laughs> Except that we, ours is real, not mythical. Anyway, 
Catholicism not only enhanced its dignity as dogma, but above all improved its social character. This divine mediator, moreover, proclaimed, even obscurely, the growing tendency of mankind to look for a supreme providence in its own midst. You see how this is moving towards this, let's just leave Christ out and have humanity be God. Catholicism brought out this tendency more strongly. Such a progression was to end in the complete elimination of the fictitious being when the real being should have acquired sufficient greatness and stability to replace its necessary forerunner completely. Who's the real being? Humanity. Right. Yeah, the real, be- the real being is a, a, an abstract concept, which is curious in itself, right? Um, you, you get rid of an incarnate God who was flesh and blood and replace it with an abstract concept. And that apparently is the, is, is the real. Um, and the yeah, reason it's, it's, why, uh, see, he has a very utilitarian view of, of everything. If it doesn't fit his project, it has no use. That's why he doesn't care for the abstract sciences. What good is it to know what the antennae on a cockroach have or don't have? And, and what good is it for theologians or, or metaphysicians to argue about the attributes of the divine or whatever? He sees all of this as an abstraction that's pointless and unnecessary because it doesn't do anything about building this brotherhood of man that is his project. And so... That's why he sees all this as a passing phase. He sees the metaphysicians as a passing phase. He sees the abstract sciences also as a passing phase because it has no use for this mankind being in love with itself and we're all going to get along uh, and with this new society that is coming into being. So that, that's, the, that's what he's doing. It's interesting that... He's doing with sociology what Marx do with economics. That is, let's change the world. Let's not think about it. Let's change it. And the, the whole focus is on what man does, you know, as homo faber, man the, yeah, the maker. Again, you know, once, you, once you abstract, uh, make, make men an abstract, so make men humanity, then obviously you can kill people in pursuit of the perfect humanity. Um, and that's what, obviously that's why communists uh, uh, and, and followers of Comte, in the, in the, in the, this, this ideology, that's what it is, it's not a philosophy in a deep sense, uh, and end up by killing millions of people because you know, they're, they're, they're pursuing the good, as they see it. Well, you know, who cares about people when you're working for humanity, right? Sure. It's God. Especially other people. <laughs> That's yeah, why he um, can't have any abstract think. Truly, he he's made man into an abstraction, but he can't allow any abstract thinking because that leads people to ask questions. Well, why do we do it this way instead of that way? Once this new society comes into being, it's going to be settled science. See, the settled science. Now, we don't need to reopen any of these questions. We don't need to have any more rhetorical questions. We no. It's settled science. Yeah, so it's the science trademark. Yeah. So so th- yes, there is that. We are definitely breathing the air of Comte in so many ways without our even realizing it. And one right. thing, yeah. even, if we, even if we can't trace, and maybe we can, the lines that go from Comte to ourselves, what he's done shows us what's actually happening now. In fact, it, it gives it a greater clarity because he he was a systematic intelligent, brilliant thinker, uh, 
And amidst the blur of good news and false news and misinformation and so that we're, we're submerged in, he kind of shows us the skeleton, if you will, or the structure of what we're actually going through. I do want to point out this one odd thing on page 198 there, which is talking about what does Catholicism do, you know, as, as the intermediate stage. In the middle of the page, he's talking about the Virgin Mary. Uh, Nothing was more suited than, quote, this holy idealization of the feminine type, close quote, to pave the way for the, quote, final conception, close quote, of which it was the mystical forerunner. Better than the divine mediator, this truly human mediatrix foreshadowed our cult in its normal state. <laughs> and that's why he sees Protestantism as a step backwards. So, so uh, you know, he sees the the cult of the Virgin, the cult of the saints, as moving toward this worship of the human being. And he sees this as a step in the right direction. And then along comes Protestantism on page, um, uh, what page am I on? I'm on page 204, uh, you know, shattering the initiative of the heart, he says. It provoked the revolt of the mind. Uh, while Catholicism tended to give the forms of worship their natural ascendancy, meaning this movement toward worshiping man, Protestantism gives a false preponderance to dogma. With it, absolute influences and individualistic tendencies are once more unleashed. It sets a personal investigation against the opinion of society. Wherever it establishes itself, the anarchic principle, although kept in check by the transitional system, meaning Catholicism, creeps in on every hand in line with the individual examination of biblical beliefs. Now, Comte doesn't like the Bible, uh, uh, Blubach goes on to say, but the, 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 and, and I'm not here to, to, to justify Luther or any of these people uh, to contra Comte, but what I am saying is that uh, he sees any questioning at all. So he applies the same rigorous criticism to liberalism for the same reason. Anyone who asks a question is a danger to society. That's bad. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's irony that he, he talks about Protestant, Protestantism having a preponderance to dogma, gives, gives a preponderance to dogma, you know, as if, as if the Catholic Church does not have its own doctrines, which it's absolutely emphatic about and refuses to bend on. Uh, so, yeah, this idea that somehow Protestantism is more for want of a better word, rational than Catholicism is, shall we say, um, uh, eyebrow raising. And, it, and just, just phrases like the opinion of society. When people can start talking about the opinion of society, you know you're in trouble. Yes. Right? <laughs> I mean, who's going to speak on behalf of society, right? Um, right. And again, this we can hear echoes of this in our own age. What's cancel culture? You're going against the narrative that's already been accepted by everybody else but you. You're a problem. We got to cancel you, right? Yes. And the reason why he thinks Protestantism is more dogmatic, not than Catholicism as we understand it, but the Catholicism that was tending toward this cult of the saints and the Marian devotion and all of this, he saw this as the heart leading away from this over-intellectualization of the high middle-stage scholasticism. He saw this, he's setting up false contraries here, but it's important to know that that's why he sees Protestantism. Now we're all back to arguing over dogma again, and we lost all this heartfelt, you know, love for Mary and the saints and our brother and blah, blah, blah. Now we're all back to fighting over dogma. 
which he sees as going backwards. Yes, because he sees Catholicism as being monolithic, where no one is allowed to think because the dogma is already there, whereas Protestantism, individuals can challenge and ask questions and so on. And that's what he is opposing. On page 200, about five lines down, he says, uh, whether in paganism, this is Lubach summarizing him, whether in paganism or in Christianity, the historical role of the priesthood is the same. Colon, what are priests for? Or worship to God? No, not that. To use the religion officially under its protection in such a way as to counter the antisocial effects of that religion, even at the cost of betraying its spirit. So that's the point of the priesthood, is to keep you from thinking uh, and being on your own and having a personal opinion on things. It's to is to make sure that you have social cohesion. And this would be someone who now has set up another one of these false dichotomies that somehow in becoming a Catholic, I leave my mind at the door. That, that, that somehow um, obedience uh, and, and intellectual assent to the wisdom of the church requires, now I can never ask a question or ever have a doubt or ever, you know, it, 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 it's a false dichotomy that uh, just isn't what the real spirit of Catholicism is. Right, but in light of I'm going to jump ahead here, but we'll jump back again. But just in light of what the, what, what what Father just quoted and what you've just said, uh, Vivian, um, you know, there's a on page 229. There's actually a subsection in the next chapter called the priesthood of the scientists, and what I've written underneath there is is scientism as clericalism and that's basically you know, yes. that seems to be what comp's doing right is his his scientism his worship of science needs its own priesthood so that his understanding of science scientism uh can become a sort of new clericalism can i can, can i can i say something else because this is something which is a passion of mine and i learned something here which is which is eye-opening so sean moraz the uh, the leader of action Francaise, was a major influence on t.s Eliot. And uh, uh, it's said that Moraz was received the church on his deathbed. I don't know how true that is, but it certainly is true that Moraz said later than this. Um, I had no idea he was a disciple of Comte. I knew he was an atheist, but I didn't know he was a disciple of Comte. But he said that his philosophy was, was summed up in the words, three words, uh, Catholic, Classicist, Monarchique. Uh, and, and then when, when Eliot is received in the church in 1927, he says, I am a royalist, a classicist, and a Catholic. Uh, <laughs> consciously mirroring Sean Moraz's uh, uh, description of himself. So obviously this is later, but I think even at this point, for a long while, and this explains it, this explains it, uh, that the Action Francaise and Sean Moraz, they were pro-Catholic without being, while being atheists because they saw the use of the Catholic thing. And of course, they were more conservative than Comte. They, they, they wanted tradition and things like that. But, but basically, the Catholic Church was a tool with which to bring about their atheistic political ideals. Uh, and I had no idea that he, that he was a follower, a disciple, as the Lubeck calls him, of right. Comte. Amazing. And that, you know, that goes back to what Father said just before, that this so-called criticism of the clergy is the very thing that Comte likes about the clergy and now wants to use it as an instrument in his society. He's going to make his own priesthood that's going to put the shutdown 
on thinking and questioning and we're going to just have this perfect social cohesion. And who's going to do it? And who's Se- going to do it? Section four, a holy alliance between positivism and Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And on page 209, paragraph at the bottom, at the heart of Catholicism, there was a privileged body in whom its spirit was incarnate and its power maintained, colon, the Jesuits. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And so on page 210, about a third of the way down, uh, he says there was still, Delubach says, there was still a hope that during the coming period of transition, the Jesuits, abandoning their, quote, corruptive intrigues, and returning to their spiritual original vocation in the reconstruction of spiritual power. So that's how he sees the vocation of Jesuits, the reconstruction of spiritual power, would give the Catholic dogma a short shrift in order to consecrate, consecrate upon ritual so as to prepare a backward but estimable public for the worship of humanity. A backward but estimable public. So you, you, have, to, you have to shepherd the sheep into believing without questioning. And the Jesuits would be the perfect person to do that. And then what does he do? He and another fellow start writing letters to Jesuit yeah. leaders to try to get them to sign on to this project. Hey, he, wrote the, he wrote the general, the Jesuit. <laughs> and uh, thank God they turned him down. But the wording there you know, the, the, about the Jesuits, their original vocation in the reconstruction of spiritual power. And again, you know, his understanding of power uh, is only sociological. Um, so, you know, and it's this, the spiritual is sociological power, not spiritual power. Of course, spiritual power is the, is the, is the life of Christ. And in that sense, of course, the Jesuits were looking to, uh, to you know, revivify, revivify that sort of spiritual power in the life of, of, of the world. But it's not the sort of power that, that Comte's thinking about, which is right. very much a, an applied political power. And, and even though uh, they didn't take the bait, Lubach has a very sobering comment on the bottom of 213. This temptation has been repeated in various forms, at times more serious and more specious in appearance, and it will arise again. But the church, assisted by the Spirit of Christ, will not succumb to it. Yeah. Another interesting thing, the page before that, um, you know, we've already seen how he says that Christ is not fit to unloose the sandals of St. John the Baptist. Uh, <laughs> 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 and, 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 and St. Paul obviously invented Christ. Uh, but here we see actually in page 212, um, uh, and this is comp to think, um, feel how superior Ignatius Loyola is in every way to their Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> he really, he really hates Christ. I mean, yes. it's, it's pathological, right? It's obsessively pathological. So I think we could conclude this session with the last sentence of the chapter here on page 214. De Lubach asks, what fruits did Auguste Comte expect of such an alliance between positivists and the church? What future was at stake? To find the answer to these questions, it is necessary to consider at least in broad outline the positivist transpositions, and that is the title of the next chapter, which will begin in our next session. Thank you for listening and watching. God bless you. If you enjoyed this discussion, please help spread the word about the Forum Book Club by subscribing to the podcast and writing a review. You can sign up for weekly updates at formedbookclub.ignatius.com.